0: Our next story I want to talk about is this tragic story of the submersible ship, the Titan. Four men and the owner uh, went down to view the t- uh, Titanic uh, and, and debris, and and it imploded. And everyone was watching and hoping for the best, and hoping that uh, it would you know it would turn out better and differently. But I want to talk a little bit about waivers and about the legality of signing away your rights to bring lawsuits. And I thought I'd bring in an expert who's a friend of our show, Colin Diamond. He is a partner at Mathis and Schneid in Naperville, and his firm concentrates in negligent cases, car accident, wrongful death, medical malpractice. And they recently had a $39 million motorcycle settlement. That's a big one. Hi, Colin. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you doing, Karen?
0: Good. So, You know, again, I'm not going to ask you specifically on what's going to happen with these waivers and lawsuits because we don't even know what law applies and and we don't know where lawsuits could possibly be brought and and who's going to sue or if they're going to sue. But let's just speculate. The passengers did sign very extensive waivers, apparently, uh, for this trip, which cost them $250,000. Tell me about waivers and whether or not those things can be upheld in court.
1: Well, different states have different laws concerning waivers, as you just mentioned. Ocean Gate, which ran the Titan and constructed the Titan sub, is based out of Washington. Um, this also happened in international waters, so in the passengers, several of them were from different countries. So they may have their own laws. Um, but just because there's a waiver does not mean that Ocean Gate uh, will be absolved of any liability. Uh, You know, in Illinois, for instance, waivers cannot be enforced against minors as a parent has no right to waive or release a minor child's cause of action without approval from the court. Um, Furthermore, there's no defense to willful and wanton conduct. You know, willful and wanton conduct is acting with a conscious and reckless disregard for the safety of others. In this case, with the Titan sub, there has been an interview that surfaced recently with the Ocean Gate CEO, Stock and Rush, and he was, you know, being interviewed by a Mexican actor, and he, or was bragging about how he broke rules in constructing the Titan submarine. Uh, he was using uh, carbon fiber and titanium, and these these uh, materials were even rejected by Boeing when they were building their uh, airplanes. And he was using this for a uh, submarine, which was going down to see that titanic where the pressure was even more extreme and he was even using acrylic windows which crack under pressure and a video game controller to control the submarine and this very same sub uh, had had issues where it lost contact with the submarine on uh, on prior missions so it's possible that they could uh face you know a count uh, in a complaint for willful and wanton conduct out of this, which would uh, not necessarily um, be subject to the waiver in that case, but they also could be charged criminally. Uh, There there have been rumors that there's going to be a federal probe into this uh, company for what happened with the Titan. And if they are charged with negligent homicide, then the waiver would not necessarily mean they were protected from criminal liability.
0: And let's just say that someone was charged with with criminal uh, negligence, which, you know, again, there's negligence, which is just making a mistake, not, you know, breaching a standard of care. But when you go into that criminal negligence, as you said, it's a conscious disregard for the safety of others, which kind of is a thin line sometimes. But, you know, the, if it turns out to be that, and let's just say the charges are brought and there's a conviction, how would that impact civil liability on when it comes to these five people?
1: Well, You know, again, just because there's a waiver doesn't mean that no one's going to bring a lawsuit. I mean, I think if there's a conviction criminally, then the families of all these uh, victims of the sub can always bring a lawsuit against the company and use that as leverage here. There could be punitive damages, too, if there are criminal charges uh, against the company itself. So they can use that in the civil case, you know, to show, Hey, this guy was, uh, this company was acting you know, recklessly here and subjecting the uh, passengers to further risk, or maybe that he, you know, disguised the risk or wasn't as forthcoming with what they could possibly face by, you know, going in a submarine in the Atlantic Ocean to view the Titanic.
0: Right. And, you know, I, I guess, you know, if you think about it, I mean, how much insurance, you know, plaintiffs. Injury lawyers, they they want to get the insurance because they want to make sure their their um, clients are taken care of, and you know, they, I mean, you go after the people who are responsible. And could there even be enough insurance for something like this if there is established some serious negligence? I mean, right? I mean, how how would you view the the insurance situation on this? Just obviously, we're speculating.
1: Oh. Well, yeah, yeah, we don't know what the insurance is. Obviously, you have to investigate to determine what was available. Um, you might also have to look at the company itself or if there's a parent company to OceanGate. Um, and technically you could be looking at the personal assets of the company as well. Because the company could theoretically if, you know, with all these lives lost, it could be millions of dollars worth of damages being claimed and you know the company could declare bankruptcy you know to try and you know avoid that any judgment against them so you're kind of going to have to look at you know all angles i i don't know we don't know if if there isn't i mean i assume that there's insurance covering this uh this company, uh, OceanGate, but you'd have to, obviously, that'd be the first thing to research right. you know, what was available, what kind of policies they had.
0: And I'm even wondering, again, you know, we don't know this, and I'm not asking you to know this because this could be international law that applies. But, you know, how does the government allow this this company to take people down, you know, two miles under the water You know, without having certain checks or whatever. I mean, could could the? I mean, I suppose governments uh, could be sued on this as well if if they meet the the proper burden.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's also you you look at it in terms of you know, as in the interview, he's admitting you know he was cutting corners, and you don't cut corners when it comes to you know the safety of consumers here. Obviously, these were the passengers on the submarine. They knew it was going to be dangerous, uh, but obviously. For this submarine, this company, they had to adhere to certain standards, whether that be for the state of Washington, that had to be federally, or, you know, whatever these other countries have. So it's possible that, you know, they were maybe not being um, as truthful with, you know, if, if they were being... You know, reviewed by, uh, you know, the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission or something like that for this sub and that they, you know, were, uh, not being honest with what products were going into the sub or anything like that and didn't pass the safety standards. So it's, it's possible. Yes.
0: We're talking to Colin Diamond of Mathis and Schneid uh, in Naperville. uh, That firm does personal injury work, uh, nursing home neglect, slip and falls, wrongful death, medical malpractice. When we come back, we're going to be talking about a few other topics that are, you know, kind of summer related topics when it comes to injuries and and things around that you should know about uh, on WGN. Many are planning to set off fireworks in their yards and at parties or watch them. What do we need to know about what's legal and what's not? And can you be held liable for property damage or personal injuries if people are injured uh, during your setting off of fireworks? And we're going to talk to Colin Diamond, who is a personal injury attorney from Naperville and Mathis and Schneid injury law firm. So let's talk first about what types of fireworks are actually legal in Illinois.
1: Well, in Illinois, we have uh, what's called the pyrotechnic Use Act, and it allows such items as sparklers, small cap guns, snakes, party poppers, trick matches if you're you know looking for something fun uh, and legal for the Fourth of July. those are kind those are the items that are allowed. They're not, Like the consumer fireworks that we would have in other states, such as, you know, Indiana, Wisconsin. I'm talking about bottle rockets, Sky Lanterns, Roman candles, you know, those firecrackers. So uh, those items are not allowed in Illinois.
0: Yeah, I think our laws are pretty pretty among the strictest, it seems. Uh, and but like you know you i was just up in wisconsin this weekend and they're selling them everywhere you know every parking lot every store that's been abandoned since covid is selling fireworks and so you you buy some there and you take them across the line is are they still legal there or are they still going to be illegal in illinois
1: so you have three different Areas of law that would apply here, so you would have federal, you would have state, and you would also have like local village ordinances that would concern uh, a situation such as that. So technically, if you bought fireworks in Wisconsin or Indiana and then you brought them back uh, over the border to Illinois, um, you're crossing state lines and you made a purchase of something that's illegal in Illinois technically you could be prosecuted uh federally for doing that and face up to a year in federal prison although it's not likely it is possible that you could be uh charged in that case um also uh you could be charged uh with the under the Illinois uh um, pyrotechnic use act and it's it's a misdemeanor uh, and you could face up to a year in prison for that and a $2500 fine uh, if you have something stronger in terms of fireworks, I'm not just talking about, you know, the- bottle rockets or Roman candles, it is possible you could be charged under the Illinois Explosives Act, which is run by the Illinois Department of Natural Resources. Now, these are the fireworks I'm talking about, like we see on Saturdays at the at Navy Pier, you know, the, the big, big display yeah. fireworks. You have to have a license for that, to have those fireworks. So if you don't and you're in possession of them, then you can be charged with a Class 3 felony. And face a fine of up to uh, $10,000 and potentially five years in prison. Um, So, those are the state rules. Your local village may also have its own ordinance. Uh, For example, uh, Aurora, if you're caught with fireworks. Uh, you know, ball rockets, you know, and the like. You could face a fine of up to a thousand dollars and more if you are a repeat offender. Uh, and in the village of Linwood, you could face a seven hundred and
0: fifty dollars fine So uh, interesting. For possession of those. There's la- all kinds of layers of of laws here. Um, just let's just go quickly because I want to get to car accidents a little bit. But because I don't know, I, I didn't know this, but I understand that that. There are more auto accidents in the summer months than any other time of the year. I would have guessed winter, but we're going to talk about that in a minute. I want to just finish up with the fireworks. Um, how, if your fireworks injure someone, it's, is, is this, first of all, is this a common thing to your knowledge? And what is your liability when it comes to other injuring other people with the fireworks?
1: So... Uh, it's possible that in a situation such as that, that the homeowner's insurance uh, would apply. It's a lot stronger if you are lighting the firework and the firework goes out and injures somebody else. Then your, your homeowner's uh, insurance uh, could apply because if you have an illegal firework like a bottle rocket or a Roman candle, then you do not have a license, to and you do not have a license to have that, then it's possible your homeowner's insurance would cover any injuries that are caused to uh, other parties uh, that were injured by your use of the illegal fireworks.
0: Let's talk about car accidents. Uh, very common in the summer. I don't know if it's because there are more young people driving in the summer or, or, or what it is, or just more people out in general, uh, more construction going on for sure. But let's just say that you're in an accident and it's your fault, or you believe it's arguably your fault, you were ticketed, let's say, what should you do? What is, what is the course of action that you should take? And I think this is really important because nobody thinks they're going to be in a car accident. But when you do, you panic and you don't always do the right things. Um, so let's take it both ways. One where you think you are at fault and maybe one uh, from the aspect of you are uh, the other person was in fault.
1: Well, in a situation like that, I, I would report the crash to the police, you know, just have a police report drafted up or an an accident uh, info exchange between the two parties to make sure that everyone has the proper information and and, uh, including the insurance information. I would take the uh, pictures of the damage involved uh, to both vehicles in that situation or if there are more vehicles, then do that as well. If there are any witnesses that are in the area, potentially have someone who saw the crash Want to get their contact information. Uh, You would also want to, in in that case, if you if you were injured in the crash, uh, you would want to take any photos of any injuries that you might have. I'm talking burns, uh, bruises, cuts, uh, and I would seek medical treatment right away as well. Uh, If you believe that you were at fault. For the collision, I would report it to your uh, car insurance uh, company and let them make a determination as to fault uh, in that case. If you are the injured party, I would not call and report it to the insurance company for the other driver. I would speak with an attorney
0: in that case. And, you know, people tend to forget, and it's interesting, today's National Insurance Awareness Day, I'm sure everyone had that on their calendar. Um, But, you know, it's interesting that people buy insurance and then they don't remember that that's what they should be doing. You know, homeowners insurance you mentioned that it might cover fireworks injuries. People don't know like even dog bites and I'm going to talk a little bit about someone who called me just yesterday about a dog bite and didn't know that homeowners insurance would probably cover that and thought, oh I have to hire a lawyer, I'm going to pay thousands of dollars. No, that's why you have homeowners insurance. It covers not only your, your property, it covers some liability issues, but but car insurance. That's why you have it. When you're in an accident and it's your fault, that's what that's who you call and you report it to their, their claims department department.
1: I mean, Absolutely, Karen. And you also want to make sure when you, when you purchase uh, auto insurance that you have sufficient coverage and you have sufficient policy limits. Yes, I know in Illinois, they have a minimum limits now of $25,000. You want to make sure that, especially with an under uninsured motorist coverage or underinsured motorist coverage, that's what happens if you get in a crash and someone doesn't have sufficient insurance to cover all the injuries in your claim, you want to make sure that you have high enough limits that if that happens, like let's say you go out and it's the summer and you get hit by a drunk, uninsured motorist and injured, that you have sufficient limits on your policy to cover whatever damages that you may have.
0: And we might as well throw in this, and I, people who listen to my show know the mantra here about umbrella coverage and how important that is. Would you, uh, would you second that one, Colin?
1: I would second that as well for liability. I, I would, you, you have to review the umbrella policy as well because uh, sometimes the umbrella will cover if you are at fault and injure another party, but it may not necessarily cover uh, you if you are in a crash with an uninsured motorist. So it may not apply. You might have. You should take a look at that and see if the umbrella would also apply to an uninsured and underinsured motorist case as well. If not, then you may want to increase your uninsured and underinsured motorist limits.
0: And you know, I think I think it's important to know what your policy covers. Again, you can't read the, those policies without falling asleep. Number one, and number two, you know, <laughs> you, you don't always know, uh, you know, exactly if something happens. You know, I, I had a case once where. Uh, if, if the diamond ring were stolen, it was covered. But if the diamond fell out of the ring, the diamond wasn 't covered so you know you have all these different uh, these pitfalls in these insurance policies, and again you can 't imagine every type of loss when you buy a policy but it 's certainly good to know what it's just generally speaking, what is covered. And to always have that policy at hand, I would tell people, you know, you should have your car insurance, you should have your life insurance policy, you should have, you know, all your policies in a folder somewhere. Just print them out or put them in a computer file because when the time comes and you need to know whether there's coverage or at least to take, make an attempt to, to determine if there's coverage, you have access to those documents immediately, right? Um, very, very important.
1: Yeah, yeah, you want to keep it. Usually they'll mail it out to you or they'll send it to you electronically. You want to keep a, a copy of the policy and the declarations page to know exactly uh, what uh, is covered under your policy. You might even have, you know, a lot of times when you're in a crash, uh, we'll go to the hospital and the hospital will just immediately see car crash and uh you know their eyes will light up and they'll immediately send a lien uh for the full charged amount of the hospital bills they'll send that directly to you or put it on your case you may have what's called medical payments coverage on your own auto insurance policy and they will cover medical payments such as that rather than just getting stuck with the full bill so you want to make sure you know what type of coverage and the extent of the coverage that you have in your policy
0: I want to thank you so much for joining us. Maybe we'll get you on uh, later in the summer to talk about bike accidents because I know that there are really uh, just a lot of bike accidents. The more bikes in the city, the more accidents. uh, And uh, I want to talk a little bit about that liability. But let's do it at another time, and I hope you enjoy your summer. Colin Diamond, thank you so much for joining us. He's with Mathis & Schneid, injury law firm in Naperville. Enjoy the rest of your day, Colin. Thank you very much, Karen. You too. All right. Bye-bye.